هذا القرآن يهدي للتي هي أقوم ويبشر المؤمنين ويبشر المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم أجرا كبيرا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم القارعة ما القارعة وما أدراك ما القارعة يوم يكون الناس كالفراش المبثوث وتكون الجبال كالعهد المنفوش فأما من ثقلت موازينه فهو في عيشة راضية وأما من خفت موازينه فأمه هاوية وما أدراك ما هي نار حامية بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابر كلا سوف تعلمون ثم كلا سوف تعلمون كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم ثم لترونها عين اليقين ثم لتسألن يومئذ عن النعيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويل لكل همزة لمزة الذي جمع ماله وعدده يحسب أن ماله أخلده كلا لينبذن في الحطمة وما أدراك ما الحطمة نار الله الموقدة التي تطلع على الأفئدة إنها عليهم مقصدة في عمد ممددة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألم تر كيف فعل ربك بأصحاب الفيل ألم يجعل كيدهم في تضليل 
وأرسل عليهم طيرا أبابيل ترميهم بحجارة من سجيل فجعلهم كعصف مأكول بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لإيلاف قريش إيلافهم رحلة الشتاء والصيف فليعبدوا رب هذا البيت الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أرأيت الذي يكذب بالدين فذلك الذي يدع اليتيم ولا يحض على طعام المسكين فويل للمصلين الذين هم عن صلاتهم ساهرون الذين هم يراءون ويمنعون الماعون بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أعطيناك الكوثر فصل لربك وانحر إن شانئك هو الأبتر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يا أيها الكافرون لا أعبد ما تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد لكم دينكم وليدين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأينا ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره إنه كان توابا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبت يدا أبي لهب وتب ما أغنى عنه ماله وما كسب سيصلى نارا ذات لهب 
وامرأته حمالة الحطب في جيدها حبل من مسد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس صدق الله العظيم اللهم ارحمنا بالقرآن واجعله لنا إماما ونورا وهدى ورحمة اللهم ذكرنا منه ما نسينا وعلمنا منه ما جهلنا اللهم ارزقنا تلامته آناء الليل وأطراف النهار واجعله لنا حجة يا رب العالمين أمين Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. All praise is due to Allah who beautified the earth with his vegetation and he embellished the heavens with their constellation. He rose over his majestic throne after creating the creation and revealed to us the Quran guaranteeing its preservation. He sent to us a prophet to be a paradigm of emulation and blessed us with the kalima as our solid foundation and gave us the sharia to be our source of legislation and gifted us the faculties of hearing, seeing, and sensation, and united us from different tribes and races to make us an ummah, one nation, and created the sun and the moon in orbital harmony and rotation, and gave us day and night in perfect alternation. He is the king of kings on the final day of compensation, and he shall raise our Prophet ﷺ on that day on the praiseworthy station. He made heaven for the believers a powerful motivation and desired destination and created hell to be a place of excommunication and eternal damnation. Praise be to him for all that is in the heavens and earth bows to him in prostration. Subhanallah, brothers and sisters, today is our final uh, 30th episode.
and we'll be finishing up uh, the second half of Juz Amma, and all of the surahs today will be Makkan unless otherwise uh, stated. And we begin where we left off yesterday, Surah Al-Fajr. And uh, Surah Al-Fajr, again, like most of these, these are early Meccan surahs we're dealing with. There is a common theme, and that is a lot of oaths, a lot of qasam. And as I explained yesterday, Allah does not need to give a qasam, an oath, but whenever He gives a qasam, two things to derive. First and foremost, what is the object of Qasim? What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving the oath by? Wal-Fajr. Allah is giving a Qasim by the dawn in this case. Walayalin Ashr. And the 10 sacred nights which we are in right now. So we look at the object that Allah is giving a Qasim by. It is a magnificent sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the oath by. We should ponder over those signs. Secondly, what is the Qasim leading to? What is the point that Allah is wanting to emphasize via the Qasim? When Allah does not need to give a Qasim, yet He chooses to give. And then in some of these, you have two, three, five, seven. So in one, you have even 10 Qasims before the actual point comes. Surely, we had better pay attention. So when you read these surahs, look at what Allah is swearing by, and then look at the statement that Allah wants to derive the point home to, we should pay extra emphasis and attention uh, to that. And in Surah Al-Fajr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by the dawn and the 10 nights, which most have interpreted to mean the 10 nights of uh, the last 10 nights of Ramadan that we are in right now. And he gives a qasam by other matters until he says, isn't this enough of an oath for people of intelligence? Isn't there enough that I have given enough qasams for people of intelligence to understand. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the destruction of the previous nations and underscores the reality of man. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, insanu rabbuhu. As for man, whenever his Lord tests him and honors him and causes him to flourish and prosper, man is content and says, oh, Allah has been good, Rabbi akraman. But when Allah tests him with the opposite and restricts his livelihood, then he changes his tune and he says, oh, my Lord has degraded me. No, throughout this entire series, we have learned from the Quran that the wealth of this world means nothing in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can or cannot have it. It means nothing with regards to whether Allah loves you or not. If Allah gives, if Allah doesn't give, the paths to Jannah are the same. It is your actions, not your bank account that dictate your place in a Jannah. And so let nobody derive from the wealth of this world that Allah is pleased with him. Let nobody derive if they have been deprived of the wealth of this world that Allah is displeased with them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala criticizes this mentality because that mentality only comes from stingy people. Kalla, balla al-yatim. No, you are the one you don't show generosity to the orphan, and you don't encourage the feeding of the poor, and you devour inheritance with all greed. Being greedy for money, just wanting more and more of it, it is never healthy. We should never love money for the sake of money. We should love money because it allows us to help other people. It allows us to be generous. That love for money, it is good. But when you are loving money for the sake of money and for the sake of selfishness, then that is indeed very, very dangerous. And Allah reminds us that the day will come when the earth will be leveled and pounded and crushed and your Lord will come with rows upon rows of angel and angels and Jahannam itself will be brought forth on that day every single man will remember, every man will wake up from their slumber. But Allah says, 
Of what use is the remembrance? It will be of no avail to remember at that point in time. At that point, everyone will say, Ya Laytani Qaddamtu Hayati. How I wish I had prepared for my life. Notice he calls the life that is ahead of him the real life. He forgets everything that happened in the past. And on that day, Allah says, None will punish as he punishes, and none will shackle as he shackles. But as for you, O soul, Ya Nafsul Mutma'inna, as for the righteous and pious soul, Irji'i ila Rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya. Go back to your Lord. Allah is pleased with you, and Allah has accepted your deeds, and you are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fadkhuli fi ibadi, wadkhuli jannati. Enter amongst my servants and enter my garden. SubhanAllah. Don't we want to hear those phrases? Don't we want Allah to tell us, come, come enter the Jannah? So that should be our goal. We want to enter the Jannah and we want to hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to us, pleased with us, accepting our deeds, come into my garden and come with my righteous servants. The next surah, Surah Al-Balad, and the phrase la uqsimu sometimes causes some uh, confusion that la uqsimu some translate as I am not swearing. On the contrary, la uqsimu is a double qasam, a double emphasis that I am especially swearing by, that I am swearing by the city of Mecca, bihadal balad. Wa anta hillum bihadal balad. Some ulama have interpreted this phrase to be the prediction of the conquest of Mecca, that you shall be free completely in this city. And that is an interpretation. And I swear by the uh, of parent and what the, the parent produces, the father and the son or the mother and the daughter. I swear by all of these things. What is Allah swearing by? That Allah says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ That we created man in constant struggle. He's always struggling. There's something that is bothering him, something that he has to endeavor to do. That is the nature of man. Doesn't man think that, uh, does man think that none can overcome him? He says boastfully that I have so much money, I have wasted wealth in abundance, I've spent so much on frivolous things. And yet in his arrogance, doesn't he realize that somebody is watching him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave him eyes, Allah azza wa jal is the one seeing him. And all of these blessings that he has of the tongue and the pair of lips, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has showed him to the path of righteousness and good, but he chose the path of evil and he left the path of good. And then Allah azza wa jal says that this person, he made no effort to take the difficult path. He took the easy path. Al-Aqaba here is the difficult path. Then Allah says, do you want to know what the difficult path is? It is the path of freeing a slave. Freeing a slave costs a lot of money. And to take somebody who was under bondage and then say, you know what, I free you for the sake of Allah. That is the ultimate, uh, one of the ultimate charities that Islam encourages. Or Allah says, giving food on a day of hunger. When you yourself, it's a time of difficulty and you want to keep that money, you distribute it and you give it to those who are more in need uh, for that help. And to help an orphan who is near of kin. All of these Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that is the path of difficulty. To help a miskeen, uh, a poor person afflicted with misery. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
when a person uh, does this, ثُمَّ كَانَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَوَاصُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَتَوَاصُوا بِالْمَرْحَمَةِ When the person does this, he shall be of those who have believed and have recommended each other to be patient and to be merciful. أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْمَيْمَنَةِ These are the uh, right-hand people that will enter Jannah. So again, let us strive to be amongst them. And notice, Allah says there are two paths. The difficult path in this world will lead to the easy path in the next world. The difficult path of sacrifice, of compassion, of showing genuine love unto others and of helping people out in difficulty. When you need mercy and tenderness and you're hungry, still share your food with other people. Share with your loved ones, with your relatives, share with the miskeen. That is the difficult path and you will inshallah ta'ala enter Jannah in that uh, regard. Surah al-Shams, again, uh, all of these surahs are my favorite, but definitely Surah al-Shams is one of my uh, favorite surahs as well. Uh, surah al-Shams, powerful surah. And one of the interesting things about Surah al-Shams is that it is the longest consecutive series of oats in the entire Quran. Over 10 qasams given, 10 oats given before the final sentence of what is Allah giving the qasam by. Allah swears by the shams and the brightness of the shams and the moon as it follows the shams and the day as it shows up and the brightness of the day and the night, whatever it conceals and the heaven and the one who built it and the earth and the one who spread it out and the soul and who perfected that soul. All of these is 10 qasams, count them one by one. Allah is giving 10 qasams. Then what is the object, what is the reason, what is the sentence, subhanAllah, are you not going to pay attention when Allah is swearing 10 times to get to this point? What is the tenth, uh, what is the point? You should take this phrase and you should underline it 10 times, bold it 10 times, put it on your screen because Allah has emphasized this sentence more than any other in terms of qasams in the whole Quran. The one who purified his soul, that is the one who shall be successful. And the one who pollutes his soul, that is the one who has wronged his soul. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala moves on to this destruction of the people of Thamud. And then what a powerful ending. After Allah azza wa destroys uh, the people of uh, Thamud, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَدَمْدَمَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ بِذَنْبِهِمْ فَسَوَّاهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rained upon them because of their sins and flattened them. Then Allah says, and only Allah can say, وَلَا يَخَافُ عُقُبَاهَا And Allah was not scared of any consequences of what would happen. Anytime somebody does a wrong, anytime somebody does anything that is uh, against somebody, there's always an element of, oh, what if this, what if that? Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the, the Rabb, and everything He does is with justice. And there is no one that can uh, get back at Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. So Allah says, I destroyed the people of Thamud, and this is a threat to the people of Quraysh, that Allah destroyed it and he did not fear the consequences of that uh, destruction. Uh, the next surah, Surah Al-Layl, and again, just like we had the Qasams in the last surah, so too we have the Qasams in this surah as well, about the night and what it covers, and the day and what uh, it reveals, and the creation of the uh, heaven of the of the male and the female, that Allah Azza wa then says, inna Certainly, your efforts are diverse. Allah is giving another oath here that what is the point of the surah? Your efforts, your deeds are not all the same. There are people that have certain deeds, there are people that have other deeds, different aims, different purposes, different agendas, different paradigms, different goals. In Nasa'yakum la shatta. 
What is your goal, dear Muslim? Do you ever think about what do I want to accomplish with my life? What is the sa'i that I want to do? Allah is saying you have all different goals. So then Allah gives you the two main categories. That as for the one who gives in charity and he keeps his duty to Allah and he has taqwa and fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he believes in Jannah, فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى Notice what a beautiful verse. If your goal is good, Allah will make the path of good easy for you. فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ We're gonna make the path of good easy for you. What a beautiful encouragement. All you need to do is that you need to desire, you need to have that proper iman, that whoever فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى That whoever give, gave a little bit, whatever he could give, and he had taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he believes in Jannah, Allah says, I will make the path of good easy for him. And as for the one who was miserly and stingy, and as for the one who denied the day of judgment, then I will make the path of difficulty easy for him. So really, what do you want? When you desire Allah, Allah will make the way to Allah easy for you. When you desire Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up doors and make easy for you to get to Jannah. And when you desire other than that, well then you have none to blame but uh, yourself. Uh, Surah Al-Duha is of course the next surah, Surah Al-Duha and Surah Al-Nashrah, Surah Al-Sharah. These two surahs are again very, very early. Most of these surahs we're doing are extremely early and that's why there's a very similar uh, motif or style or language. And these surahs are in the first 10 revelations, Surah Al-Duha and Surah Al-Sharah because after the revelation of Muzammil and Muddathir, uh, there was a lapse of some say two months, some say six months that there was a lapse that Jibreel did not come for a while. And uh, the Prophet ﷺ began feeling that, have I done something wrong? Have I uh, uh, irritated, uh, you know, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is he angry with me that uh, the Quran is not being revealed? So both of these surahs were meant to cheer the Prophet ﷺ up. And I have given a detailed khutbah about both of these surahs, you will find them online. Surah Allah swears by the dawn, signifies a new day. Every dawn is a new opportunity. Every dawn comes up and spiritually and psychologically human beings, when they see the dawn, they have a sense of awe, of anticipation, of hope. It's a new day, something else can happen, a new opportunity for me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by the night that gives you rest as well, because when you go to sleep, all of your worries are also forgotten during your sleep. So Allah is giving you two things of optimism. Then Allah says, your Lord has not forsaken you, nor does he hate you. And verily, the future is brighter for you than the past. Now, this has two interpretations, both of them are valid. Number one, the future here is the hereafter, and that is always valid. But the second interpretation, which is also valid, always think that tomorrow will be a better day. Always think that you will inshallah ta'ala be in a better situation. We are commanded by Allah to have optimism, to have optimistic thoughts. And Allah is telling the Prophet wasallam, the future will be better for you. You're being you know, ridiculed or hurt now. You're being under some pressure right now. Don't worry, the future is better for you. And inshallah, of course, that's what happened. Makkah was conquered and Islam was established as a uh, power. Your Lord will give and give and give until you are fully satisfied. How could you not think this? How could you think otherwise? Did he not find you, Ya Rasulullah, an orphan and gave you support? Didn't he find you unaware of guidance and he guided you? Didn't he find you without any money and he gave you so much money? The point is go back to your life. 
Don't look at the negatives, look at the positives. Don't look at the times they made fun of you or they ridiculed you. Look at how Allah took care of you. What do all of these blessings indicate? They indicate that Allah loves you, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of you. The one who took care of you throughout your entire life so that you ended up right here, the one who took care of you when no one took care of you and Allah opened up all of those doors, He will take care of you right now. And so be optimistic, the future is brighter uh, for you. And then in the meantime, Show gratitude to Allah by being gentle to the orphans. Don't uh, repel uh, the orphans harshly. Don't repulse the beggar and kick them out. No, be gentle to them, be kind to them, even if you can't give them any money, give them a good word. Notice what Allah says that don't treat the orphan harshly. What a beautiful way. Sometimes we can't give something physically. Still, we can give them a good word, give them a positive dua, cheer them up with our speech. That's free, right? So Allah is saying never ever treat the beggar with a harsh manner. Never ever treat the orphan in an unkind manner. And as for the blessings of Allah, proclaim them to all. And the greatest blessing is the blessing of Islam. Announce your Islam and announce the Quran to uh, all people. And of course, Surah Sharah has a similar uh, motif as well, that haven't we eased your chest? Haven't we comforted you? Haven't we removed the burden that bogged you down? Haven't we raised your ranks up? Again, look at the positive. See what Allah has given you. Don't look at the difficult times. No, the difficult times are there for a reason. Don't assume that just because certain things are difficult that Allah does not like you. Never ever make that assumption. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blessing you. He has blessed you. He will continue to bless you. Therefore realize Ya Rasulullah and through him, all of us should realize that yes, there are hardships. يُسْرَى Allah does not negate hardships, there are hardships. But Allah is saying, look at the yusr, not the usr. Look at the ease, not the difficulty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying as well, emphasizing this point that indeed, with every single difficulty, there will be as well ease. There will be good things as well. And Allah azza wa is mentioning for the same difficulty, multiple ease. The point is don't concentrate on the difficulties. Look at the ease and realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never sends a difficulty down, except that He sends with it ease as well. So don't concentrate on the usr. Realize there's more yusr, there's more positives, there's much more khair and barakah than the difficulties. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never sends down a difficulty except that it is surrounded by ease as well. And therefore, there is a wisdom for the difficulty, but thank Allah for the ease as well. And uh, this surah as well uh, uh, tells us that فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ That make sure when you finish your chores, whatever you finish your chores, whatever you have to do, make sure you stand in prayer. فَانْصَبْ here, stand in prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and always uh, desire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make Allah your goal. Don't make this world your goal. Surah At-Teen, وَتِينِ وَالزَّيْتُونَ This is representative of Jerusalem and Jesus, the fig and the olive. This is Jerusalem. وَطُورِ سِينِينَ This is Moses, Mount Sinai. وَهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينَ This is Mecca. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indicating the continuity of the faith and that He is saying that, Ya Rasulullah, you're in the company of Jesus and Moses. And He is saying to us as Muslims, that Jews, Christians, Muslims, they have the same paradigm, the same God, the same overall, you know, the belief that there's one God, there's a here after heaven and hell. Allah Azza wa is referencing these three fates in this uh, in this beginning of this verse. And then Allah says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ We created man 
in the best of all moles, in the best of all statures, the default of man is good. This is unlike some other faith traditions who say that man was conceived in evil and man is evil. That's not Islam. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ The default man was created to be the best of the best. And then what happened? Then we caused him to be of the lowest of the low because of his own deeds, because of he himself rejecting the status that Allah gave him. Then Allah allows a group to reclaim that status. The original default that we're supposed to be, who does it belong to? إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Those who believe and do good deeds, they will get back to the original status and they shall have a reward that is unlimited. Then what has caused you, O disbelievers, to deny the Day of Judgment? فَمَا يُكَذِّبُكَ بَعْدُ بِالدِّينَ Why would you deny the Day of Judgment? Don't you want to be in that highest level? Don't you want to be in the default position? Then accept Allah and accept the Day of Judgment and accept piety and you will get that default position. Is not Allah the best of all judges? You were created for that position. I'm giving you that opportunity. Get to that position and you will have it. But if you reject Allah and reject the day of judgment, then Allah is also just and you will not get the position that you were uh, created for. Uh, Surah Al-Alaq, of course, we all know the next surah. It is the first revelation, the first five verses is the first revelation of the Qur'an and the next, the rest of the surah, it came down uh, later on, uh, a few years after the first five revelation, Iqra, you all know, uh, was with Jibreel in Ghari Hira. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here the importance of knowledge, the importance of recitation, Iqra. Iqra here means to recite. And the Prophet ﷺ did not know how to read. So he said, I don't know how to read. And Jibreel said, you don't need to know how to read. Iqra bismi rabbik. Your recitation will not be from a book. Your recitation will be from Allah, by Allah, via Allah. Allah will directly tell you what to say. You don't need a book, Ya Rasulullah. Who needs books when you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Your illiteracy, Ya Rasulullah, will become a praise for you and only you. You are a Nabi al-Ummi because when you have Allah, you don't need the books of men. So iqra bismi rabbik, your recitation will be with Allah, in the name of Allah, directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created man from this clot, from this uh, piece of, of flesh. Recite, go ahead and read, and your Lord is the most generous because He will teach you all of this and He will cause you to recite and iqra ya Rasulullah or your ummah, iqra wa rabbuka al-akramu alladhi allama bil qalam. He was so generous, He taught man the use of the pen. We are the only species that can record our thoughts for future generations. We're the only species that can build on the knowledge of others. Can you imagine if every generation we had to go back to zero, reinvent the wheel, reinvent fire? Can you imagine? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to go where we are until now. Look at this technology around us. Look at, you are watching me live from, I'm in one place, you're in another place. This is gonna be on YouTube or recordings for Allah knows how long. This technology would not have been here unless we are cumulatively uh, building from the legacies of previous civilizations until we have reached an amazing, amazing feat of all of this. Why? اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم And in this uh, beginning surah, we learn that knowledge is of two types. Knowledge that is divine and knowledge that is worldly. Knowledge that comes from Allah and knowledge that men come and write with their pens. And Allah is encouraging both types of knowledge, but the priority is the knowledge of Allah that comes first. And the knowledge of men is there. The knowledge of Allah is infallible and it is directly iqra bismi rabbik. It is from Allah. It is blessed knowledge. It is sacred knowledge. It is the knowledge of the Quran and the sciences of the Quran. The knowledge of fiqh and sharia, the knowledge of the seer of the Prophet the knowledge of Islam and how we worship Allah. Our laws are 
our ethics, our theology. That is the knowledge that comes from Allah. And then we have This is the knowledge of history that is, you know, worldly based, the knowledge of science, the knowledge of medicine, the knowledge of technology, the knowledge of all of these different things that we do. Go ahead and learn it as long as it is in conformity with the first knowledge. Both of these knowledges are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one direct and the other. Allah allowed us the potential to gain that knowledge. And so it is potentially fallible as well because it's our efforts to get there. And Allah azza wa is the akram, the one who is the most uh, generous giving us both of these knowledge. By the way, so Surah Iqra came down with the importance of knowledge. Then the next Surah that came down was Ya ayyuhal mudathir qum fa'anthir. That was the importance of action, do things. Then the third surah, Ya ayyuhal muzammil qum al-layla illa qalila. That was the importance of your spirituality and your tazkiyah and your ritual. Knowledge, actions, and spirituality, these are the three triangular bases of our religion of Islam. First and foremost, you begin with knowledge. Knowledge must lead to action. Then with action, you need to have proper spirituality as well. These three surahs also indicate uh, that uh, beautiful triangle of uh, Islamic, uh, uh, the mechanism of uh, perfecting one's Islam. Surah Al-Qadr, uh, of course, the rest of the surah is a refutation of Abu Jahl. Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens Abu Jahl because he wanted to stop the Muslims from praying and in particular stop the Prophet sallallahu from uh, praying. Uh, the next uh, surah is Surah Al-Qadr and uh, Surah Al-Qadr uh, is of course the surah that mentions Laylatul Qadr. We're just finishing the month of Ramadan and we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to be of those who prayed on Laylatul Qadr. And the word Laylatul Qadr, the phrase occurs three times in the surah to indicate how significant and important it is. What will make you realize what is Laylatul Qadr? Laylatul Qadr is better than a thousand months. Notice Allah didn't say it is equal to, it is better than. We will never fully understand how blessed Laylatul Qadr is. All of the angels come down and most significantly the single angel whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, he has chosen to be the leader of the angels. Jibreel himself, وَالرُّوحُ fiha. Jibreel himself comes down and they come down with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salamun hiya hatta matla' al-fajr. There shall be ultimate peace the entire night until uh, Fajr uh, comes. And so this year's Laylatul Qadr has already obviously, you know, taken place in one of the, the, the odd nights. Inshallah, for as many Ramadans that we have to live on this earth and realize there will be a Ramadan that will be our final Ramadan, that's it. So as many Ramadans that we have, emphasize Laylatul Qadr and try your best to do as much as you can on those uh, nights. Uh, Surah Al-Bayyina is the first Madani Surah we're doing today. And it is one of the few Madani surahs of Juz Amma. And Surah Al-Bayyina, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that those who disbelieve, who reject Allah, they will not stop doing what they're doing until clear proofs come to them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is that bayyina? Bayyina means clear proof. What is that bayyina? Rasulun min Allah. The clear proof has come. Dear pagans, dear Ahli Kitab, what else are you waiting for? The messenger has come. And this messenger, يَتْلُوا صُحُفَ مُطَهَّرَ فِيهَا كُتُبٌ قَيِّمًا He is reciting the scrolls of utmost purity. These scrolls, they contain, كُتُبٌ قَيِّمًا translates as upright commandments. In other words, that a Prophet ﷺ has come with the Qur'an and the Sharia. What more do you want? This is exactly the bayyina that you've been waiting for. And oh Ahli Kitab, and oh pagans, don't you realize that you were created, 
You were created to worship Allah sincerely, making the religion completely to Him. That's the whole purpose of creation. And now the Prophet has come reaffirming your purpose of creation. What more do you want? That is the bayina. And then the surah finishes by mentioning the rewards and the uh, punishments for those who uh, accept will be the rewards and those who reject will have the uh, punishments. Uh, surah Az-Zalzala, uh, the, the, the earthquake, the shakening that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that one of the aspects of the Day of Judgment on the day that the earth is shaken up with its ultimate final shakening and the earth is going to throw out whatever is inside of it all of its burdens is going to come out and of course what are its burdens the bodies of people and the secrets that they have done on the land that people don't know about but the earth has recorded it People are going to say, what is the matter with it? What is going on? On that day, the earth is going to reveal all of its information, all of the things that happen on it. Why? How? Because your Lord has inspired the earth to tell on the day of judgment what has happened on its back. And on that day, on that day, mankind will be gathered together and scattered in different types of groups. Not everybody's gonna be the same group. There will be groups that are gonna go to the highest level and there are groups that are gonna go other places. So, ashtatan here means in different groups and each one will be shown their deeds. Your group on the day of judgment will not be based upon your socioeconomic status in this world. It would not be based upon your VIP status. It will not be based upon whom you used to necessarily interact with. Your group in the next world will be based upon your level of piety and good deeds. And so you're gonna see your good deeds. And so whoever does the smallest amount of good, be careful, beware, uh, be, sorry, not be careful here. Whoever does the smallest amount of, uh, of good, then uh, be conscious and be grateful that you will see that small amount of good. Never trivialize any good deed because Allah has recorded it. That smile that you might give to somebody, you know, just to cheer that person up. That small amount of money you didn't have a lot, you gave just one, you know, dollar, one amount, and not that much, but Allah has recorded it. So don't trivialize a good deed. But also, dear sinner, do not trivialize the sins as well because your smallest of sins will also be recorded. And whoever does the smallest amount of sins, it is potentially possible that that too will be brought up on the day of uh, judgment. Uh, Surah Al-Adiyat, again a very, very eloquent surah and subhanAllah this really, uh, it shows us the, the language of the Quran is simply uh, unsurpassable. Allah Azza wa Jal gives a qasam, I don't have time to go into every single um, a word here, but Allah gives a qasam uh, in the most eloquent language specifically describing the galloping of horses in the morning raid with the glistening sweat and the sun coming out. The imagery is vivid. If you understand Arabic, it is just mind boggling the precision and the beauty of the language all made in such a stylistic you know manner the rhythmic prose here it is simply literally divine here we can say and Allah Azza wa is giving an imagery that would be exciting to the the Arabs that they would recognize this most of us we live in cities and you know we only see horses from afar or we ride a horse for just a, a galloping and whatnot we haven't really lived with horses or seen these types of things so the language here is going to be evoking a sentiment within the the Arabs and then Allah subhanahu is saying that with all of this what is the purpose of all of these qasams uh, of these oaths that surely mankind is so ungrateful to 
his Lord. Mankind is so unappreciative. And not only is he ungrateful, he is a witness himself. He knows how ungrateful he is. And to make matters worse, he is so greedy for anything of this world. SubhanAllah, how shallow is that greed? You shall die, I shall die. Of what use is all of that wealth? And yet, that is our primary goal, that he just wants the khayr here. Khayr here means uh, wealth. He just wants wealth as much as he can. Doesn't he know? Doesn't he know it's only a matter of time before the grave that he will come in will be split open and he will be kicked out? He's going to be thrown back out, meaning the day of judgment. Doesn't he know that the secret of the, the, the chess will all be uh, revealed in front of everyone? On that day, إِنَّ رَبَّهُمْ بِهِمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَخَبِيرٌ On that day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is well aware of uh, what they have done. Al-Qari'ah, again, it is one of the names of the uh, Day of Judgment. It is the striking calamity. Sorry, Al-Adiyat, I forgot to translate. Al-Adiyat literally means the galloping horses. So that's the, the phrase Adiyat. Al-Qari'ah, uh, it is the striking calamity or the uh, disaster. And that is, of course, uh, one of the names of the Day of Judgment because it will be a disaster or a calamity for those who have not prepared for it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, what will make you understand what is this qari'ah? It is a day that all of mankind will be scattered like uh, moths. They're gonna be scattered like uh, these insects. And subhanAllah, if anybody has lived through a, an invasion of locusts, and I have multiple times in Medina uh, seen this, that subhanAllah, everywhere you see, there are just, you know, locusts everywhere. You just, you cannot even take a step except that you crunch on some locusts. They're all over. It's like a, a daze. And Allah Azza wa Jal says that that is how mankind is going to um, uh, be. And uh, on that day, the mountains themselves are going to be uh, like a, a wool that is pulled apart. And so make sure on that day, your scales of good deeds are heavy. Whoever scales of good deeds are heavy, that person will have a lovely life. That is going to be a beautiful life. And whoever scales was weak and was very light, then that person will have the uh, opposite. And we seek Allah's refuge from that. Uh, Surah At-Takathur, again, a very powerful surah about the dangers of being deluded into what we call in English, the rat race. Surah Al-Takathur is the rat race. Surah Al-Takathur, we are all competing with one another and we are competing for these worldly goods. Uh, takathur literally means the competition. And al-hakum means you have become so busy in this competition that you have neglected something far more important. So our competing with one another, who has the better job? Who has the better career? Who gets that promotion? Who has the more handsome or beautiful spouse? Who has the biggest bank account? Who has the better car? You know, my cousin has this, I'm gonna show him that. My brother got this, my sister got that. There's this competition going on and Allah is saying, your competing with one another has diverted you from the most important goal and you've wasted your entire lives in this rat race. When will it finish? Until you die and you are buried. But even that burial, the qabr is not permanent. You're gonna be temporarily in that qabr. It's a ziyara, it is a visiting of the qabr. And how foolish is that? No, you shall realize surely of a certainty, you will realize that all of this competition was absolutely foolish. And if you really had a certainty of that, of that next life, 
If you knew the reality of death, the reality of the qabr, the reality of the afterlife, you would never waste your time in this competition. And you know what? All of you, Muslim and non-Muslim, you are going to see لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمِ You will see Jahim. The Muslim will see it from far away. And the Muslim will thank Allah he's not going there. And then some people ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنِ الْيَقِينِ Some of you who rejected it, you will see it up close and personal, meaning inside that. ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَ إِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ And then on that day, you will be asked about all the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever gave you. Every blessing that you were given, you will have to account where did you get it from and what did you do with it. So we'd better prepare the answers in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Al-Asr, of course, Imam al-Shafi'i famously remarked that if Allah had only revealed Surah Al-Asr, it would have been enough for us. Of course, he is exaggerating the significance in a positive manner, but obviously the concept is there, that it is a very comprehensive surah, that Allah is giving a qasam by the passing of time. Al-Asr here means by the passing of time. And what a powerful qasam. We don't control time. We cannot stop time. Time is just non-stop. And we all get per unit amount the same. Every minute on this earth that we are alive, we all have the exact same minute unit that we have. Time is something that, at least in terms of individual units, everyone who's alive for one day, he has that same amount. We're all equally in that one amount. True, some people get longer lives than others, but per unit, we all get today, we're all alive on this earth, we all have that same amount of the minutes and the hours that we're here, what do we do with it? Wal-asr, insana lafi khusr. Allah is giving the qasam that indeed all of mankind is going to lose out. They're just gonna lose out. Then Allah makes the exception except those who believe and do good deeds, that's for themselves. And then they encourage other people to do good as well. And they encourage other people to be patient. That's for society and family and friends. So to be a good person, it's not good enough just to concentrate on yourself. That's good, but that's only half of the equation. You then have to be a positive role model and you have to tell people to do good within your circle of friends, obviously, within those whom you have an influence of. You're always encouraging them, just you know, being a positive role model in whatever way that you can and when situation goes bad when they need to be patient you're there for them you're helping them out you're encouraging them to be pious and righteous during their difficult times as well and so this surah summarizes the reality of iman you take care of yourself and you take care of your loved ones uh, around you uh, surah al-humaza it is the backbiting that is done, the slandering that is done. That's what humaza is. And Allah is saying, woe to the one whose goal is simply to speak about other people. He doesn't care about his own sins. He's concerned about the gossip and the slander of other people. And subhanAllah, one of the etiquettes of our religion, mind your own business. Min husn islam in yani Of the perfection of one's iman is a person leaves what does not concern him. This is what our Prophet ﷺ said. And the Quran criticizes the one who is always gossiping and backbiting and the humaza and the lumaza it is basically backbiting and slandering. So whether you're telling the truth, which is backbiting, or you are slandering, which is inventing a lie, when you speak about other people, you are cursed. And, and that attitude will also come with people who are stingy. The person who is interested in other people's faults, he typically finds himself to be the most stingy. He 
counts his own money and he thinks that his money will cause him to live forever. Or we can say his lifestyle is that he thinks that this is what life is about. He doesn't think about uh, death. And then Allah says that person, he shall be thrown into the crushing fire to be punished in the worst manner possible. Uh, Surahs Al-Fil and Quraysh are again very similar surahs. They both uh, are recounting Allah's blessings specifically on the people of Mecca and generally through upon all of mankind. Surah Al-Fil, Allah Azza wa of course elephant, Fil means elephant. Allah is reminding them of the miracle that they all remember. It took place a generation ago. Their ancestors told them, the forefathers, some people are still alive who saw those elephants. And Allah is saying, don't you look at this miracle? Don't you see what Allah did to protect your own city from the invasion of the elephants? These stories are in your living memories, surely. The one who performed this miracle, he is worthy to be worshipped and, and, and worthy to be uh, praised and venerated. So Allah Azza wa is reminding the Quraysh of the blessings that has been given upon them. And then in Surah Quraysh, even more explicitly, the Quraysh is mentioned by name. The only time that Allah mentions it by name, لِإِلَافِ Quraysh, that, O Quraysh, yet another blessing that Allah has given you is your financial and political security that allowed you to be the dominant tribe of all of Arabia. The Quraysh were the most respected tribe out of all of Arabia. How so? They had two things. Number one, they had the Kaaba, And Surah Al-Fil mentions that Allah blessed them and protected the Kaaba. And even in Surah Quraysh, Allah says, let them worship the Lord of that house. So the Kaaba is referenced both times, once indirectly and once directly. That, O Quraysh, you are blessed by Allah because of the Kaaba. And then number two, the Quraysh were socio-politically and economically the most powerful of the Arabian tribes. How did that happen? Not just because of the Kaaba, but also because of the uh, two uh, the two journeys that they would have. That Rihlat al-Shita'i was saif that they would go and uh, go to the the caravans uh, in Yemen, uh, they would go in the winter, and in Syria, they would go in the summer. And these uh, caravan uh, trades, and I mentioned this in my seerah, that what happened because of this was that the Quraysh became the conduit be between two other major civilizations, the African and Yemeni trade route, and also the Silk Road that went from China all the way to the Byzantine Empire. So there was a trade route up, up north and there was a trade route down south, and the Quraysh became uh, the dominant civilization because they linked those two trade routes together by, by via a uh, uh, north-south mechanism. During those summers, they would go to the Syria, and toward the winter, they would go towards Yemen. And so Mecca became the center, the economic capital of the uh, uh, Arabian Peninsula because of this and Allah is saying this is a gift that he gave to them. What should they do in response to that gift? Let them worship the Lord of this house, house and on top of this Allah has given them safety and security and Allah has provided them for food as well. Surah Al-Ma'un, the word Ma'un translates as the small good deeds that you do for your neighbors. So for example, you know, if your neighbor comes, knocks on the door, says, can I, you know, have some sugar? Can I have some milk? I'm out of milk and I just need to feed my kids, you know, for, and then I'll go to the market later on. That is ma'un, the smallest uh, good deed that you do. It is called ma'un. And Surah Al-Ma'un is another surah that explicitly links 
Iman with good deeds and charity. Haven't you seen the one who rejects the day of judgment? That is the one who pushes away the orphan. He's nasty to the orphan. He doesn't encourage the giving of the charity to the poor. So woe to those who uh, pray in a very lazy manner. They don't really want to pray. They're just praying for the sake of prayer. That is just a ritual to them, not coming from the heart. Allah is criticizing those that do so to show off to the people. This is the main point that if your prayer is not meant for Allah, now all of us struggle to have a good ikhlas and sincerity, all of us struggle to have khushu'. that's a natural struggle. But if you are praying, not for the sake of Allah, but to impress the people, They are people who are wanting to show off, and they are refusing to do even the smallest of charitable deeds. And this shows us once again, that faith impacts our actions. When we believe in the day of judgment, it should be manifested in our sponsoring of orphans. It should be manifested in our feeding of the hungry. It should be manifested in our salah and our rituals. And if we don't believe in Allah in the last day, then it's gonna negatively impact all of these deeds as well. Surah Al-Kawthar, of course, uh, the smallest surah in the Quran. And I've given a, a long uh, tafsir and also khutbah about this, you'll find it online that it was revealed when the son of the Prophet ﷺ passed away by the name of Abdullah. And some of the Quraysh, they gloated, they mocked, uh, billah, the death of Abdullah. And they said that the Prophet ﷺ will not have an heir, that there's nobody gonna take over after him. So Allah consoled the Prophet ﷺ by telling him, you have something much more important than a child. You have the fountain of Jannah. And Al-Kawthar is the fountain of Jannah from which all other fountains come. Al-Kawthar, our Prophet ﷺ said that it's uh, its water is whiter than uh, uh, snow. It is sweeter than, uh, it is, is whiter than snow. It is sweeter than uh, honey. And it is colder than ice. And our Prophet said, whoever drinks one sip from the kawthar will never ever be thirsty for all of eternity. And kawthar is the main stream of all the people of Jannah. And Allah gifted kawthar to the Prophet Anybody who drinks from the kawthar, may Allah make us amongst them, he is drinking from a gift to the Prophet So Ya Rasulullah, don't worry about their mocking. We have given you something far more better than that. And therefore, to thank Allah, be grateful to Allah by praying for him and sacrificing to him. And know that anyone who hates you, anyone who opposes you, that is the person who shall have no legacy. They said he shall have no legacy. And Allah is saying, no, you will have the ultimate legacy. Those who oppose you, they will have no legacy whatsoever. Surah Al-Kafirun, again an early Meccan surah, that Allah revealed when the Quraysh wanted to offer a compromise. They said, we will worship your God for a day and you will worship our God for a day. Let's have a compromise over here. And Allah revealed this surah, a total rejection. That, O oh, you who reject Islam, know that I don't worship what you are worshiping and I shall never worship what you are worshiping. You as well, you are not worshiping Allah the way that is acceptable and you will not worship Allah in your faith the way that is acceptable. Lakum deenukum waliyadeen. To you is your religion, to me is my religion. Religions cannot be mixed and matched. When you worship in one tradition and one God and one faith, that is a separate system from uh, another one altogether. Surah An-Nasr uh, is another Madani surah and it is in fact the final uh, revelation of a full surah to the Prophet It is one of the last, maybe even the last surah ever to be revealed. The full surah, maybe one or two verses came after this. And in Surah Al-Nasr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indicating to our Prophet 
that his death is near. He is told that when the victory of Mecca, when you see the victory and the conquest, here is the conquest of Mecca, and you find people embracing Islam, crowds upon crowds, this is the year of delegation, the ninth and 10th year from all over Arabia, people were accepting Islam. When you see that Ya Rasulullah, then know that your mission that I sent you for has been completed and therefore turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise Him frequently and seek forgiveness for your sins for Allah Azza wa Jal is ever accepting. Surah Al-Masad is the only surah that mentions an opponent of the Prophet Sallallahu by name and that is his uncle Abu Lahab. No other surah mentions an opponent by name and this shows you the evil nature of Abu Lahab, the evil fate of the one, the uncle who mocked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and also of his wife who physically would do things to harm Islam and to harm the Prophet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said to them, that hatred and that mocking is not going to go un unaccounted for. You will have to account for your sins and their punishments are mentioned in Surah Al-Masad. Surah Al-Ikhlas, of course, it is one third of the Quran as our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. And it is one of the most powerful surahs in the Quran. It refutes the Trinity, it refutes idolatry, it refutes atheism, it refutes polytheism, and it affirms the perfect monotheism in a language that is again truly divine. He is indeed Allah, the one and unique. He is Allah, the one whom all turn to for their needs. The Samad here, and it's the only time Allah uses the name Samad in the whole Quran, the word Samad means the one whom the creation turns to for all of their needs. So whatever you need, the Samad is the one you turn to. Allah does not have children, nor is Allah begotten of others. Indeed, Allah is absolutely unique. And this was the surah that one of the Sahaba would constantly recite in the salah before, before moving on to another surah. And when he was asked about it, he said, I love this surah because it describes Ar-Rahman. So the Prophet wasallam said, your love for this surah has caused you to enter Jannah. We should love this surah, not because it's the smallest or one of the smallest, go ahead and love it for that reason as well, but we should love this surah because it describes Ar-Rahman. And we should love to recite it because it describes Ar-Rahman and a love for this surah caused this Sahabi to enter Jannah. The final two surah, Surah Falaq and Surah Nas, the Daybreak and Mankind, both of these are Madani surahs again, one of the rare Madani surahs. And these surahs were revealed after some uh, magic had been done, which very gently irritated, it's a minor nuisance. Again, this is not the time to go into the details, but it was a minor nuisance uh, to the Prophet Wasallam what was happening. And so Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala revealed these surahs. Why? Because they are the most powerful spiritual uh, protections in Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. These surahs, they uh, are telling the Prophet to seek refuge in Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, the Lord of the Falaq, the Lord of the morning, the daybreak, and the Lord of the King, and the Lord and the king and the God of mankind. So you are turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of these names and these attributes. And what are you doing when you say a'udhu? You are turning to him for protection. A'udhu means to turn to in order to be enveloped in protection. Against what? Against all types of evil, against the evils of shaitan, against the evils of jealousy, and against all evil of the jinn and evil of the men. And with this, dear brothers and sisters, we conclude this whirlwind of a project that began 30 days ago 
in this uh, very unique Ramadan of 1441 Hijrah, corresponding to the May of 2020 during this COVID uh, lockdown crisis. And subhanAllah, I would never have even thought of beginning this project had it not been for the uh, lockdown. And perhaps many of you as well would never have had the time or the circumstances to be able to watch this. So subhanAllah to the one who took a negative and turned it into a uh, positive. And subhanAllah brothers and sisters, I've been very, very uh, humbled by uh, the reaction, by the number of people and the comments and the uh, family that we've developed um, online. And when I began this project, I honestly did not think that it would be that useful because I thought that I would be being too basic by summarizing uh, the surahs. But you know what brothers and sisters, I'll be honest with you, in summarizing these surahs and in taking a step back and in being forced to look at a bird's eye view, I found myself benefiting immensely from this project. And I confess that I will genuinely miss preparing for these lessons. Trying to prepare 50 minutes to summarize an entire juz or juz and a half or even more than that. I did Ali Imran and Tawbah in one lesson. It was a very difficult thing, but at the same time, I found it to be very, very enjoyable. But you know, inshallah what this has done, is that it has given me the incentive to undertake a project that I've had in my mind for a very, very long time. I have a lot of ideas in my mind to do various things, but obviously time is of the essence and I have so many other you know, responsibilities and duties that I have, so I'm not able to do all of these, but you know, being with this project for an entire month. Uh, one of the projects that I've had, there are two different projects that I have about the Quran. I've had this for the longest time. The first of them is to do a very, very detailed tafsir in English. That is a long-term project. I'm not gonna be able to start that right now because of my other commitments. But the second project that I've had in my mind is to have a very basic tafsir. So we need a very detailed multi-volume, but we also need a very basic level tafsir, not a translation. There's lots of translations now, but there is no simple tafsir that our youth, our high school kids, our college graduates, or even those that have never read the Quran, they just need a one volume reference that inshallah ta'ala, they can just open up and just read, uh, uh, not, a, not a translation because translations, sometimes they require background information, but what is needed is a very basic uh, interpretation or a tafsir at a level that is accessible to the average person. This has been in my mind for many, many years, actually more than two decades. And you know, this project has really uh, uh, allowed me the incentive to begin. So inshallah ta'ala, inshallah, I will begin with Juz Amma after Ramadan, inshallah, we'll be putting it online and let's see how the feedback and how it is. And inshallah, if it is something that people find useful, I might continue and, and finish uh, more and more of the Quran. And uh, as we uh, finish off these series of lessons, I would of course have to thank uh, so many of the people that have helped. Uh, first and foremost, obviously Hafiz Sajjad, who has really, mashallah, been with us, uh, you know, throughout this time. May Allah Azza wa Jal bless him with barakah, with, uh, may Allah Azza wa Jal allow him to continue to recite. Uh, I have encouraged him to open up his own uh, YouTube channel, inshallah. I hope that that will be happening soon. Also, especially like to thank Epic Masjid as well, and uh, brothers Basir and Samir and others, they have been behind the scenes working every single day, mashallah, tabarakallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept uh, from them as well. And as we conclude as well, uh, I'm reminded of the beautiful narration of Ali radiallahu an when he was told about all of the fitan and trials taking place, somebody said, how do we get out of these trials? So he said, go to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, go to the book of Allah, kitabullah, fihi naba'u ma kana qablakum. It has the news of those before you. Wa khabaru ma ba'dakum. It has the news uh, of those after you. Wa hukmu ma baynakum. And it is the judgment between 
all of you who al faslu laysa bil hazl it is the criterion it is not something to be taken lightly whoever leaves it out of arrogance will be destroyed by allah whoever finds guidance from other than it will be led astray by allah the quran is the rope of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is the noble remembrance it is the straight path it is something that does not allow one's desires to go left and right it is something that does not confuse the tongues it is something that the scholars never get tired from it is something that the readers never ever lose hope they always read it and they're gaining their hope from it and its wonders never cease the quran is that which when the jinn heard it, they said, Inna sami'na Qur'anan ajaba yahdi ila rushdi fa'amanna bi." We have heard an amazing Qur'an. It is, it is guiding us, so we believe in it. Man qala bihi sadaq, wa man amila bihi ujr, wa man hakama bihi adal, wa man da'a ilayhi fahudya ila sirat mustaqeem. Whoever speaks the Qur'an will be speaking the truth. Whoever acts according to the Qur'an will be will be blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever judges will judge justly and whoever calls to it will be rightly guided. This is a beautiful narration mentioned in Tirmidhi. Some say it is a hadith, but it appears to be a statement of Ali radiallahu an. Dear Muslims, the Quran is the spiritual nourishment for our souls. Just like our bodies need to be fed, so too our souls need to be fed as well. If we don't feed the body, the body will wither away and die. How about if we don't feed the soul? And just like the body was created from this clay and sand, and the food of the body comes from the clay and sand, the vegetation, the, the water, the plants, the animals, they're from this soil, so our body is fed by that. Our ruh came from up there. Our ruh was breathed into Adam by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The food of the ruh comes from up there. All that comes from Allah and especially the Quran is the food of our soul. My advice to myself and all of you, dear Muslims, make this book a regular part of your daily routine. Make its recitation, make its reading, make its listening, and make its tadabbur something that you are regularly involved with. Dear Muslims, nothing calms the soul like the Quran. Nothing lifts away our worries like the Quran. Nothing dissolves our anxieties like the Quran does. So let this not be the end. It might be the end of our series. Let it be the beginning of a new relationship with the Quran. I make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Rabb, may Allah azza wa jal make the Quran an evidence for us and not against us. Ya Rabb, we want the Quran to be an evidence for us and not against us. Ya Rabb, we want the Quran to be a witness for us and not against us. Ya Rabb, we want the Quran to be a proof for us and not against us. Ya Rabb, make the Quran our guide to you. Ya Rabb, make the Quran our light unto you. Ya Rabb, make the Quran our imam unto you. Ya Rabb, make us of those who have memorized it and understood it and acted upon it. Ya Rabb, don't make us of those who have memorized it and abandoned it. Ya Rabb, ya Rabb make us of those who understand the Quran and act according to it. Ya Rabb, ya Rabb make us of the Ashab al-Quran. Ya Rabb, make us of the true companions of the Quran. Ya Rabb, ya Rabb make us of those whom your Prophet wasallam said that on the day of judgment, it will be said to the person who associated himself with the Quran, Ashab al Quran, that Iqra waratil kama kunta turatilu fi dunya. Recite as you used to recite, and you will rise with every recitation, every ayah, you, you will rise up one degree. Ya Rabb, we want to be amongst them. Ya Rabb, make us of the Ashab al Quran. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, make us of the Ashab al Quran. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, make the Quran a hujja for us and not against us. Make the Quran a shafi'ah for us and not against us. Ya Rabb, allow the Quran to give us comfort in this world and comfort in the grave. Ya Rabb, allow the Quran to be our intercessor in front of you on the day of judgment. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, you are the most merciful. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, make us of those who are told to recite 
recite this book and rise up because of it, Ya Rab. Ya Rab, our Prophet ﷺ said that Allah will raise some people through this book and debase others. Ya Rab, make us of those who are raised by the Qur'an, Ya Rab. Make us of those who are raised by the Qur'an, Ya Rab. Ya Rab, Allah warfa'na bihad al-Qur'an, Ya Rab. Ya Rab, make us of those who are associating with this book, Ya Rab. Ya Arham al-Rahimeen, Ya Arham al-Rahimeen, Ya Arham al-Rahimeen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Ya Rab. Dear Muslims, as I conclude this series, I want to say that any good that came from it, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and only from Allah. And I'm a human being, I must have made mistakes. There is no question that there's slips of the tongues, other issues. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me. Any mistake that has been made, it is from me and from shaitan and Allah and his messenger are free of them. I conclude by reminding you of one verse. A lot of people have asked me, what is my favorite verse? There is no favorite verse, but one of the verses that I cherish, one of the verses that I really do love immensely is the verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَارِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ Say by Allah's fadl and Allah's rahma. Ibn Abbas said the fadl of Allah is the Qur'an and the rahma of Allah is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Allah is saying by the Qur'an and by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, let them rejoice and be happy. Be happy at the Qur'an and be happy that Allah has blessed us to be in the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There is no blessing, greater than the blessing to be in the Ummah of the Qur'an and the Ummah of the Prophet ﷺ. We thank Allah, we thank Allah for this. Alhamdulillah, We thank Allah for guiding us to Islam. We thank Allah for the kalima. We thank Allah for making us of the Ummah of the Qur'an. So Allah says in the Qur'an, Let them be happy in this. Let them be happy in the Qur'an. Let them be happy in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. It is better than all that they have. They have whatever they have, the Qur'an and the seerah and the sunnah is better for them. So let us be happy and rejoice at this. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive my sins and your sins and allow us to be of the people of the Qur'an. May Allah make the last word that we say in this dunya to be La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك عبد محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان فَمَنْ شَهِدَ مِنْكُمُ الشَّهْرَ فَلْيَصُمْهُ وَمَنْ كَانَ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ وَلِتُكْمِلُوا الْعِدَّةَ وَلِتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ